right, James Uloth, comedian. <laughs> Extraordinaire. Black Belt <laughs> Badass. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, great to be here, man. This is great. Upstairs at the uh, at the dojo. You know. You know do. <laughs> do you call it a dojo or do you call it a gym? That's always in contention, like what to what to call the place. Gym, dojo. I think uh, I call it gym. Yeah. And uh, in Brazil, they say academy. Like for, That's what they huh. call gyms, academy. Yeah. So uh, I think academy or gym. Makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. Feels right. I go with that. This is awesome, though. Upstairs at the old uh, academy. <laughs> How long have you been in it? You've been here eight years now in this location? So we we opened here 2011. Okay, yeah, eight 2011, years. yeah, eight years, yeah, yeah. How long? Ha- how long have you been training jujitsu? Uh, I think it's almost. It's either eleven or twelve, somewhere, somewhere in there. I didn't have a. 12. Yeah. Now yeah. it's so easy to keep track of stuff because Facebook. It's like it, it right. alerts it you, you, right? Memories. <laughs> no. But like when I st- I started at. Uh, I don't even think you were in. Because when did you come to California? Two thousand. I came two thousand seven, but I didn't have a school till two thousand nine. Oh, okay. Because I wasn't sure if I wanted to do this again. Yeah, I probably started on two eight or so. So you didn't. You didn't have anything going now. But it was. Like there was only like at that time like three or four jujitsu academies in the valley. It wasn't like like now. There's how many? Like every day there's a new right. thing that pops up. But there's yeah three or four like ones that weren't some guy's backyard, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's boom since then. Yeah, it's crazy. More and more black belts. More and more schools for sure. Yeah, that way that whole next wave. Like my feed is just filled with guys that like were kind of like a generation behind me and they're all getting their, you know, three or four years behind. They're all right. getting their black belts yeah, now. It's and crazy. Yeah. It's fun. It's crazy. I was talking to Tim, you know, Tim, Tim uh, Valdez. Uh, he, he came to visit. He's from one of my black belts from New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now we were just talking about him, like to him yesterday or this week about uh, just how it's evolved in New Mexico. Now mm-hmm. there are so many schools. There are so many black belts. That's a that's a fighting state though. There's lots of like there's a few big gyms. Isn't I mean, there? it's like a it's like a big hub, yeah, for MMA. Ah. And, I mean, not maybe jujitsu as well, but more MMA for sure. Because like you're Greg Jackson and those guys. You're actually New York original, aren't you? Kind of New York. I'm from New Mexico. My family's from New Mexico. Ah, and I've actually lived in a lot of different places. Like I lived in Germany. Most of my childhood was in Germany, Munich, Germany. There you go. And then uh, high school in New York, New York City. Uh-huh. And then, uh, uh, but I've always <laughs> where in back. New York were you? Uh, so uh, we lived in the city at first, but then in the, in Staten Island mainly. Oh, okay. Jersey Shore. Oh, really? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> was it lots of? <laughs> I think that the the show, the Jersey Shore, most of the people were from Staten Island. Oh, was it? Yeah, but it's big time. It's culture shock. Was it sure. like that though? Like a. Uh... I mean, there were a lot of Italians, a lot of uh, you know Irish. It was you know it's very very <laughs> very New Yorky. Very the stereotype is <laughs> pretty much. But I had a great time. I had a great. It was definitely different from all the other places. Like mm-hmm. I also lived in New Mexico before I moved to New York. And, uh, yeah, so you were a military kid? Look, at I'm interviewing you. This right, is right. good. <laughs> this no, I mean, this no, like, I, uh, I, uh, it's good. We I, we get to hang out. We get to kind of, you know, just. Like, Upstairs at the dojo. Yeah, this place is great. We, we, I never, this is, like, part of the reason, right? Like, I get to hang out with you guys and kind of get yeah, to know sweet. you guys. And you get to know me maybe a little bit of things that we don't know about each other. But, uh, but uh, uh, what'd you ask me about? Um, you weren't from. Or you, uh, you no, are no, from no, New no, Mexico. No, so my mom's a language teacher, and we ended up like my, my parents separated when I was like about four, and then we ended up going to Germany. Um, she always wanted to go to Germany, so we went. And my dad moved to New York, and so she, you know, after a little bit of time, she went to Germany, and we ended up staying there for like seven years. Oh wow, that's a long time. Yeah, that's a beautiful country. Yeah. I've never been, I mean, but I hear it was in Munich. So I'll, mm-hmm. I also had like an amazing childhood there. So you you speak German, English, Portuguese, Spanish. So four languages? 
Yeah, I can get by with Spanish. I just <laughs> switch up my Portuguese. <laughs> yeah. Man, you're you're from Canada. Yeah, yeah. You're from Canada. Speak uh, Canadian. Canadian, yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me your story. You're from... Uh, I'm just from little towns and then um, outside of Edmonton. And, outside um, of Ed- Edmonton, okay. Yeah, which is... You probably know where, maybe. Yeah. Alberta. I mean, uh, yeah, I know, and I'm familiar with the area. What and town are you from in the, in the <laughs> shout, <laughs> shout out to Wildwood, 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 okay. uh, Evansburg. There's like a bunch of little towns really okay. close to like three little towns, but they're only like two, 300 people each. But when you combine them all, it's like a thousand, a thousand people. <laughs> and what, like, a, how cold does it get? <laughs> it's, it gets pretty bad and it's a long, long, cold winters. Um, okay. it doesn't always have lots of, there's always snow in winter, but sometimes there's lots of snow and sometimes there's a little bit of snow, but it's, it's miserable 40 below for weeks on end. Yeah. And then I originally I wanted to be a, a paramedic, so I went to school for that, and I did okay. that for a little while. And then I wanted to like I always wanted to be a stand up comic. So then I, um, I how, how old are you when uh, or when you knew that? When I knew that, you know, probably like twelve or thirteen years old. But you don't tell anybody wow. because you know it's tough to tell people your dreams because people shut they, it down. Yeah, they always say, "Yo, oh, you can't do that." I remember I told like a few people, and they're like, "Oh, you you could never do it." Especially like parents and stuff, right? Yeah. My, you know, I, I don't. My mom probably would have been supportive too, but then you get like, shot, you know, if you if you throw it a goal, like I'm a guy, like if I throw it a goal, I'm gonna go do it. So I think sometimes I'm a little bit more careful on like who I tell or what I say until I'm like, oh, I can do this. So, but yeah, it's probably thirteen, four. They used to do these this series in Canada. They were comedy now specials. So like all the comedians, like the road guys in Canada, would get comedy specials and they would air them on our TV. And I had like two channels because we we're in the middle of the nowhere, right? You had the yeah. government channel and then. CTV, I think it was called, and uh, they would air the C- special. C what? CTV. I'm not sure C- what it is. Can- Canada TV. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it was like um, uh, it was one of those big conglomerates that just do their like they'll do the local news and then uh. they just air whatever is going on in the rest of the uh, you know the rest of their programming schedule. But um, yeah, they'd air those. And I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And then I went to paramedic school. Did that for a few years. Then I moved to Toronto, which is Why did you want to go to paramedic school? Um, you know what? I, I was taken... I, I don't remember how I heard... I, I think I was... Like, for some reason, when I got out of high school, I think I wanted to be a police officer. I don't know why. And then I went... And I, I was just taking courses or whatever to kind of build a resume. And then somebody's like, why don't you go try this uh, paramedic thing? And I'm like, okay, I'll go try that. Mm. And I really liked it. You know, I, you know, you're 18 years old and you get to drive an ambulance, lights and sirens, and you're, you know, between life and death all the time. Like, it's kind of, it's a fun 18-year-old job, right? And then you're like, you get to be like 21, 22, which is still young, where you're like, oh, I just got to, you know, work in shift work and lifting people up all the time. Because like, I don't know, like, you know, because you do wrestling, but like, if someone just lays down, like, all floppy, it's so hard to pick them up, right? It's like... It's actually like, so you'll be doing nothing all shift and then all of a sudden you get a call. So you just jump out of a, a couch all cold and you have to squat a 250 pound man. And you're like, what about crazy things happening? Uh, you know, I, we, we don't have the, we have a lot of motor vehicle collisions. So okay. it was along the highway. We have a lot of MVC. We didn't have, because it's Canada, you don't have a lot of the street violence. So we didn't have oh, gunshots and all that, but okay. lots of, lots of people run into moose. And if you hit a moose, <laughs> like they look like For the friendliest, sure. coolest dudes, right? But they're the like, moose. they're built to just like go right through your windshield. So they like, you know, lots, lots of people get really hurt from that. You know, some people die obviously too. And what about the moose? Do they survive? You know what? They they just probably it off. What was that? Mosquito. But they'll they'll uh, they they usually not on scene. They'll walk away. They can take a hit, but they'll die later because you know the the forest Adrenaline. is savage. Okay. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. You're hurt in the forest. Yeah, they'll they'll die off. And uh, 
but yeah, so I was, yeah, I was doing that, and that was not a bad gig. And then I went to Toronto. So I'm like a little town kid. I moved to Toronto, which is like the biggest city, and then I was a medic there. Okay. And then, uh, but I was only doing transport at that time. But like, I literally went from a town of hundreds to a city of millions, and I was like, oh, this is weird. And like Toronto's an old city, like it's not like a new, like all the streets are narrow and yeah. you know, you got an ambulance there. My first shift, I got to drive the ambulance in Toronto. I got in an accident. I was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it was awful. It's like my first shift and uh, they were cool though. They let me get by and I did that and that I would do that. And then I would go to open mics at night and Toronto is a late city. So you would do, I'd do my 12 hour shift or 14 hour shift and then I'd go, um, run to an open mic, do my open mic, sleep for three or four hours, go do my next year. So like for a year, I was just a zombie, but you got to put so much time in at comedy to get any good at it. So you got to get on stage every night, at least once for the first few years. And then about two years in, I moved down to LA and then, uh, what I was, brought you down to LA? You know, why, why did you decide to move? Just the entertainment industry. I think at the end of the day, yeah, I was just like, you know what, if, if I'm going to do anything, I got to do it here. Mm. And then, um, yeah, I came down to here and, uh, you know, open back then it was pre, so it's boom and bust in comedy. So it was kind of in a, a bust right then. Like not a lot of people were doing it. So you were out there, like you'd go to an open mic here in LA and maybe, you know, 10 or 15 people would be there. So you'd get up. And then uh, this is like right when Dane Cook was hitting off and like overnight there was like, it went from 15 or 20 comics to like 50 comics just cause you know, the influence, but they, you know, to be a real, it takes a long time to be good at it. But now it's again, it's crazy now because comedy is so cool. Like if you went to an open mic now, there's going to be like a hundred comedians. Mm. And uh, but, you know, I don't really hit up too many open mics anymore, I guess, which is, uh, I'd like to, but it's it's so exhausting. You know, when you go there and all these personalities. Why, do, why do you think there's so many now? Because of I, the social platforms and. Yeah, and I think everybody, um, I don't know if it's like confidence in that way is more for people now like people are just a little bit more brave to go try it mm. and then also like there's so many niches of comedy too i think where more people it's like reaching more people and like hey i'm gonna go and do comedy and what happens is people they'll be kind of funny but it's like um for you to do this you almost got to be insane like you got to be just going for so long for so hard doing it. it's like jujitsu like you know somebody gets their blue belt and they're gone right like in in comedy they'll they'll write seven minutes and be getting up and they're like oh wow to get to the next level like i'm 17 years I've been doing stand-up comedy. 17 years, yeah, wow. a long time. And it's, uh, uh, you know, it takes that long to get to a place where, like, you know, even you're lucky if you make a comfortable living and it's what you do. You know, I was real lucky about that. So it was like, um, but yeah, these guys, they come out, there's millions of them. Oh! <laughs> Professor X just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> the Brazilian wild man. <laughs> what a crazy story. But you guys got to meet Professor X, man. He's like a, a musician, played in a band in Brazil. He's a lawyer. Attorney, yeah. Yeah, just travels the world, party guy. He's cool. And badass jiu-jitsu too, right? Yeah, yeah Four-stripe black belt. And brings it, yeah. Brings it. Puts on a show. Man, uh, did, in the, so 17 years, did you ever have doubts? Like, what am I doing? Was it ever, like, really hard? Like, were you, you know? I think, you know, days? the first, like... I didn't have any problems off the top. Like the first five or six years I was in it, I was all like just running so far forward, like trying to get better that I never doubted it. Mm. And I think only like, I think everybody hits that kind of like midlife point. Like I'm 36 now. Mm. I had to do math quickly in my head. I think I'm 36. Um, 
And, you know, I think everybody hits that point where they start being like, oh, am I in the right place in life or everything? Mm. But then, like, I'll think that, and then and then I'll, like, go do shows. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm doing what I should be doing. But, you know, it's tough because you see, like, you have friends who stayed in, like, a, like a tangible career where it's, like, you know, a government job, and they got the check coming in every month, and they're all, you know, everything's squared away and tucked away. And you're like, oh, shoot, that's not a bad life. But then it's like those guys wake up every every morning, go to work for eight hours, and just, that's exhausting. Makes you happy to go to perform. Yeah, <laughs> compare. I just compare like, oh, yeah. Be. But, you know, like the, the thing with me is like I love doing shows, but like um, the travel's crazy. The travel, yeah. I fly like 30 weekends a year, so probably I'll be on 60 or 70 different planes a year, enough to circle the globe like three or four times driving and flying, and it's like you get pretty – but I just turn my brain off in a plane now. I my iPad and like – you know, people are bumping you with their bags and babies crying next to you. I'm, I don't even notice. I'm just. What do you What do you do to keep yourself busy? <laughs> Mostly watch. I'll, I'll watch Netflix or something. You know, just download those on my. <laughs> nothing productive. <laughs> I try not. I to always do I always read when I go on these things. Oh, you a big reader? Yeah, and I pl- I play like the same song over and over and over. Something that resonates with me. Uh huh. And I really study hard. Is it a, it's like a paper only, book? Uh, I do both. You know, usually oh, okay. it's on my phone because it's easier to you know carry with me. But I really like I study hard. Like tack fit stuff? Uh, tack fit, like neuroscience, like jujitsu stuff too, you know? <laughs> so but you're actually being productive on the I mean, flight? I mean, I, yeah, because it's my time, like my, my, and I actually like, that's my time to do that. Your I own time, I, right? Yeah, yeah. That nobody can I'm watching Narcos, me. like, <laughs> that's my education when I'm smuggling a hundred kilos. Uh, <laughs> the guy, Diego Luna, he does tack fit. Oh, really? Fit. Yeah, the the Mexico director, he uh, he had him uh, oh, cool. do some tack fit stuff, yeah. Oh, that's the awesome. The main actor, the Mexico one. I the, think it's get oh the the Marco Diego Luna yeah is he super famous in Mexico I think so yeah he looks like he's famous for some you never just see somebody like I bet you he's famous in Mexico <laughs> I don't know just go he's, with he's it. famous he's famous <laughs> everywhere else yeah he's yeah. <laughs> yeah he's famous uh, uh, but yeah that's that that uh, making that productive time is probably good yeah I'm. Uh, I don't know. You ever get in that rut though, where like I don't know what like efficiency. Like I'm on the plane, and if I see somebody just like ruining the efficiency, I'm just like, look at this idiot. He's not like get your bag ready to go in the overhead bin. Like don't sit there and look around. Like, <laughs> you always used to take pictures. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. The, the the you know like make it, somebody's like asleep. You yeah. take pictures. <laughs> I had a big series of people sleeping on the plane in funny funny ways. I had one where two people were like sleeping face to face, like being each other's pillow, but it was. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun life. I love the comedy. I love, you know, like, I think everybody needs to find some kind of physical sport to ground themselves. Mm-hmm. And jiu-jitsu, um, I had a friend when I was on the ambulance, and he was he, w- he was a fighter. Back mm-hmm. when, like, you used to say MMA and nobody knew what it was, he was like, I do uh, MMA. And we're like, what's that? He's like, the UFC. I'm like, okay. And so he told me to go try jiu-jitsu with him, and nobody mm-hmm. knew what that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this had been, like, 2002, 2003, maybe, around there. And I'm like, okay. So I went there and I'm like, what is this? And you just roll in, in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. He did it in his, um, in like his spare, like his building had like one of those rooms, like a rec mm-hmm. room. And he just threw down some mats. And, uh, he was actually, he came up with, uh, cause Toronto had a big MMA scene. That's where Carlos yeah. Newton and all that was from. And he, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Beginning. I know, but like that's still, people didn't know the effectiveness of jujitsu and like people were just wrecking him like with, look at this joint hold. Like yeah. nobody knew the names of things. Yeah. But I trained with him a couple times, got my ass just beat, beat by all his students. And then I'm like, it was just in the back of my head. I'm like, whenever I get a chance, I'm going to do this. And then I couldn't then because I was working ambulance and then um, comedy at night. And then when I came here, 
I was more doing comedy full time. So I'm just like, I found a gym who had lunch classes and that's like this, like legacy's got what, like 40 people every day on the mats. Now it's like, it's, it's crazy in here. Yeah. We have fun. We have fun, man. It's a trip. Like I was talking to, to Mike murder, you know, the break dancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like the same, the same thing. You guys like you work, you know, whatever uh, the job he had to do. And then he would do his break mm-hmm. dancing, like go to shows or do whatever he had to do yeah. and then start again in the morning. But like, that that's like the vacation in a way. That's like the fun part. Yeah, yeah. In a way, all, right? All day towards that. Yeah. But like for me, jujitsu. I remember just having like no money and you know and and I mean sleeping in airports, whatever, <laughs> whatever I had to do to <laughs> you, to compete and to do it. You're the craziest dude though, because you were 18, 18 years old, and you just like you went you went to Bella Rizanch first. Was I went to Rio first. Rio first, which is like, and then I met Jacqueline there. Uh huh. And then I went to Belo Horizonte. And once I moved to Brazil, like a longer period, I, I moved to Belo Horizonte. So did you speak a lick of Portuguese when I you spoke went? spoke no Portuguese. Oh, my God. You're, that's and crazy. And I read a lot of uh, dictionaries. And I, I tried to you know, basically translate to myself uh, <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu magazines like Gracie Mag. And yeah. There's a magazine called Tatami Magazine. Uh-huh. So did you even have uh, a coach? in? Were you in New Mexico then or were you in New York? I was in New Mexico. Did Maybe you even have a coach or you're just so my, my, one of my best friends, I'm all East and he's like a big brother to me. He, yeah. He, he's in Colorado now. Um, he, we basically, yeah, we just hung out and, and, and we trained in his garage. Oh, so he was and already, so was he like a blue belt or something or was he, he already? Uh, he went down to Brazil first. Uh-huh. And so he went down for six months and then we, he came back. So before that we had it, we had a, he was like a Navy SEAL. He was a student of the Machado's oh, really? actually. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the one who brought jujitsu to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh-huh. And he taught a lot of us and, and. Uh, it was the beginning, beginning, like the first UFCs with Hoist Gracie. Yeah, and then, uh, and then soon after that, he graduated from acupuncture school and he went down to Brazil. And then when he came back, that's when I feel like I got serious because he started, you know, showing pictures and mm-hmm. you know it was before iPhones, so no videos, but you know pictures and, yeah. and, uh, and <laughs> like uh, a Polaroid thing, yeah, pretty it. much. Yeah, but he remembered like the techniques, and we would go over. I was like his his dummy, you know. And then in that process of being the dummy. You know, we, we trained and I was, you know, I was a stubborn kid. So, you know, we, we trained hard. And, yeah. then, uh, and then he took me a couple of tournaments actually out here to L.A. Uh-huh. This is back in, uh, man, probably like 90s. I don't even know. 96, 95, 95. Because this is the only place doing anything. Right, right, here in New right, York, right. right. Yeah, here in New York. So it was before, I mean, it was before Hanzo was, was even here. Oh, oh, so th- was there anything in New York at that time? Uh, there was a guy named Fabio Clemente. Who was a student? He was like a brown belt under the Machados, uh-huh. and see, so he was the only gym that I knew of, and so I actually uh-huh. went there when I went to go visit my dad. Oh, nice! And then there were the Machados out here in L.A. Yeah, uh, of course, and the you know some other people like the Gracies, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, but we trained in his garage, and then he, we went, we did a couple tournaments out here in L.A. And then uh, once I competed, I was like, okay, <laughs> you got the I got the bug even more, yeah, and. uh and then he showed me pictures of Brazil, told me stories, of course. And I was like, man, I got to do this. I got to do this. And so I, I saved my money up and I went. I, I sold everything I had and went. So you just have like, just stay with somebody from the gym while you're down there? Or do you have to go find So he them? had a house. We had a house. Um, this guy, he, was like, he took care of the house. It was kind of like abandoned. Mm-hmm. But it was a nice house. It was like in this lagoon. Oh my God, you were squatting and... 
We're squatters. We're squatters. Okay. How did you sell your mama? I guess you were 18, right? I didn't tell her. (laughs) I showed her the pictures after. (laughs) We had no phone, right? We had no phone. And I bought it. I remember buying like a mattress that you threw it threw down. It was like, you know, it was like a level. It wasn't a bed. It was like, you know, it wasn't on the floor. It was like above the floor. So it was kind of like a bed. But we bought, we bought this like thin mattress. And we bought a fan because of the mosquitoes, right? Oh, geez. So you're in a tropical climate with mosquitoes sleeping on the floor. Yeah. And I had jujitsu magazines. And I had my dictionary. And I had a lot of loneliness because I couldn't talk to anybody. Oh, I guess, yeah. And I, don't I was think so that, happy. Right? I remember I was yeah. so happy I could do, uh, I could do that. And, uh. And then train jujitsu every day. I overtrained. I trained day, night, day. Yeah, because that was the only thing you had to. Yeah, yeah. To to do right. Yeah. So did you, like, nobody spoke English? Did anybody at your academy? Uh, what well, I, I first went to Rio, you know. Yeah. So uh, there were there were some foreigners, but you know, you know, I was only like pretty much Americans and some a couple of Brazilians, you know. But I was for sure I was lonely a lot. But that's the way to to learn a language. Yeah, too, I guess, mer- immersion. Yeah. But then when I went to Bella Rizanche. There were a couple of people that spoke really well, and I became friends with them. Uh, but really, it was the immersion of you know of everything, like the the studying the mm-hmm. the jujitsu magazines and and the being on the mat. You know, yeah. just little by little, I started to learn. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a, it's a trip, man. Like when, when I think about it. Yeah, I was just like thinking di- about my <laughs> just the different times, right? The different oh, yeah. times, like of of technology, and as before cell phones. Well, yeah, you couldn't even like you didn't even know where to go, right? Because you would like now, like no matter where you're in the world, you whip out your GPS, phone, yeah, yeah and you're yeah, just your GPS. But you had to like land at the airport and look for a map or something, or I got picked up by a mall. Thank God, my friend. Oh, geez, yeah, and gr- thankfully he was there on the front end of it. Huh? You know, actually, I brought when I first my first time going to Brazil, I. Uh, I stopped. Actually, Hanzo was in New York. He was, it was the beginning time of him. But he asked me to take a laptop down, uh, his laptop, to give to a friend. And so when I went through customs, they they asked me, "Is this your laptop?" And I was, you know, I was eighteen, so I was kind of, I didn't know what I, I thought. Being honest was the right thing to do. To you know, do was the right way. And so I said, "No, it's not my laptop. <laughs> somebody gave it to me to give it to somebody." Oh, jeez. <laughs> So they impounded it, Hansel Gracie's uh, friend's laptop. Or I, I, it was Hansel Gracie's. He was giving it to his uh-huh. friend, and so they uh, they helped me. And then Amal had to come get me because they helped me for a few hours. And you know, Jesus. Out. And uh, that was yeah, that was like my that was actually my first experience when I landed in Brazil. Just impound. and we had to go there later, like you know, by three four months after, like the guy was all pissed, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like you didn't do anything wrong. But still, at the end of the day, you didn't have a laptop for four months, right? Yeah, it was it wasn't mine. It was it was um, Hansel Gracie's yeah. friend. But he didn't he didn't he, imagine he was waiting. He probably had a so, something he wanted to play on his laptop, some uh, Minesweeper or something. And you, <laughs> yeah, I think he had a restaurant, so I'm sure it would have helped him. Oh right? yeah, uh, back then a laptop was was uh, probably you know high end, right? Yeah, that'd so be a big deal back help, then. Help, help you a lot, but uh, it was what it was, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was, yeah, it's crazy. Man. And then, jeez, uh, yeah, that'd be great, man, being there in the heyday of it. Like, who was, uh, who was in the mats with you out there in uh, in Rio? So, yeah, like, you know, I mean, <clears throat> remember Gordo? Gordo's been out here, right? Mm-hmm. Gordo and uh, his brother, Gorginho, like, uh, Sonequinha, Draculino would come through. Everybody, like, all these crazy, like, was he already champion a, black belts. Because Draculino was, like... He was the man at that time too, wasn't he? Like yeah, that was like his day, you know, like all these. I mean, you had this guy Holetta. You had like, I mean, Gracie Baja was like the the thing, the, right? the school. They had all these different styles. Like, I mean, it was uh-huh. it was the competition school. And were they they were all doing MMA at that time? I guess it no, was, no, no. They, they overall that Gracie Baja didn't like Hanzo did Hanzo mm-hmm. did right Hanzo mm-hmm. Gracie, 
and half and and high and you know later right but mm-hmm. uh yeah the main jujitsu guys didn't you know uh, it was more like the carlson gracie lineage yeah that, that fought that represented jujitsu in the in the cage oh okay okay yeah that's uh that's way back man that's awesome to think about you, like you were you, there you, you you're pretty well-rounded black belt too like you you uh when you first started jujitsu that i mean there was like there was that wasn't it the d'artagnan right you mm-hmm. started there yeah, we and would so, do more MMA style. Like mm-hmm. we did, like I can't, uh, I can't box, but like we would do boxing and we would do, you know, the wrestling and the judo stuff. And it was a little bit Mix rounded. Th- yeah, th- rounded like that. But that's what I got to get into next is to do some striking. But it's always like going in and you're the you're the bottom of it all. You know what I mean? You're yeah. like, hey, I can barely box. Let's uh, let's all go. Uh. Yeah. But, Have you ever tried Bang Muay Thai? No, no, that's what I've, I've been trying to get myself motivated to go it, in there. Yeah, it's it's good, man, because it's like different movement patterns. So it mm-hmm. like it kind of helps your jujitsu because you switch it up, right? You switch up the movements I for your brain like, and for your body. Yeah, because we we get stuck to the same kind of movements over and over and over. Mm-hmm. You know, with all the years of of training, yeah, like your body, you know, form follows function, right? So yeah, to switch it up, that's why it's so nice. We have all the different things, like the the bang muay thai, the tack fit. Well, this place has got a little bit of everything, huh? Baking classes at night. <laughs> Coming for the, I'm probably, here for the baking probably. classes. <laughs> somebody was telling me they they do like the, uh, they knew somebody who trained here in the the women's fitness classes, uh. and they didn't know that they, this was a jujitsu club too. <laughs> They're like, oh, you guys do jujitsu there? I was like, oh, I guess I stay out of the women's only <laughs> camp. That's the only yeah. thing I'm not really connected in. Do, in. Yeah. I mean, I know the moms and stuff that do it, you know. Well, you and there's capoeira. Sometimes you guys will do capoeira, in the back, right? Yeah, I love capoeira. You know, I've been really enjoying it. I still suck, but I try. That seems like a hard one, man. <laughs> capoeira seems hard. I just seen a video of somebody doing it in the octagon, and they beat the they. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's an old school one. Oh, I was like, wow. It was actually, uh, uh, yeah. It was, uh, what's his name? Hulk. What's his name? Hulk. The the messed Hulk, right? The capoeira guy who knocked out. Uh, uh, Amori Pitech, who, who we've had out here too, that was like a big deal because Capoeira mm. like kind of represented and beat Jujitsu. It was like in the early '90s, I think. Oh, was that old? Yeah. Yeah. What's that? No, no. There was, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, I think it was Master Hulk, a Capoeira guy who's talking about. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting, man. It's uh, yeah. Just use whatever you got, right? Yeah. <laughs> use it to the best. That's the. That's fighting, I guess. But I think with me too. Like I don't know. Cause you, were you a black belt when you started fighting already? Cause you you didn't get into striking. Yeah, I, I got my black belt, uh-huh. and uh, I wanted to, I guess, prove prove yeah to myself, I guess, that it worked. Uh-huh. And then they had an event called King of the Cage come to New Mexico, mm-hmm. and King of the Cage back then was a big deal. I'm, I I knew King of the Cage before I knew what UFC was because mm-hmm. it was huge in Canada. Like Canada's yeah, yeah, always yeah. had MMA. And King of the Cage was a, a it was big, big. Deal. it was big, yeah, yeah, it was a big deal, and it was you know it was pretty close to UFC back in those days because they they didn't have that many UFCs and. Same with King of the Cage, mm-hmm. not as many as they have now. So, uh, so uh, they came to New Mexico, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I was like, I want to, to try it out. After I got my black belt, <laughs> see if this jujitsu stuff. Just, works so, were in you a even? Situation. Did you even strike then, or are you striking? I didn't. I didn't. You know, I did some minimal. I mean, I, I messed around. I played around, but I never. You know, uh-huh. I was. I was thousand percent jujitsu. Yeah, that's awesome. But I wanted to. You know, that was. It was cool because I. It was. I was all jujitsu. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I messed around a little bit, right? I, I went to Greg Jackson's. He helped me, and uh, I, I was prepared. But for sure, I was like all jujitsu, and really, I was still competing in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just one month, I did a fight, an MMA fight, just <laughs> to kind of prove for myself. Yeah, because you never, yeah, you never really wanted to 
go into fighting, right? Like no, you, no. you fell into it and I then mean, you got into the UFC and you're like, I guess I'll just do this. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it happened. Right. Like in the, in the, I, even when I was young, I was like, and I never wanted to do uh, MMA or Valetudor or, you know, those <laughs> yeah. kinds of things, you know, but, uh, yeah, I did want that. I did that first fight and then I sold like a lot of tickets cause it was in New Mexico and I had competed all around mm. the world. And so they wanted me to fight again. And then one thing led to another and then they gave me a title shot and then I beat the, like the champion guy. And then, you know, UFC was looking at me and, you know, could fight in Japan. I'll do this. I'll do that. And you'll take it. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, I had like eight, eight fights, you know, and then just, yeah, took like a hiatus for a couple of years, but just kept going for sure. I never kind of expected to have like a MMA career. Yeah. But, uh, were you, were different. you in the path to like, you wanted to be doing jujitsu, right? In some form, like was coaching what you kind of wanted to do or. Was it uh, and like my mom and like a lot of my family, they were educators. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, I think I kind of they had a big influence on me. So I think I I think I was going to be like some kind of teacher. Mm -hmm. Not that I had planned about becoming a cheaper yeah. teacher, but uh, uh, I think uh, it so it made me really really happy after mm -hmm. I when I when I, I competed I fought you know but I was it was always kind of to be like a better teacher to mm -hmm. I don't know I guess I get I got more of a high in a way of seeing yeah, just having that community and kind of like what we have now you know yeah this is a I've fun seen, uh, a seeing fun people gym. get become good and that's it's just so rewarding right how many people get good you're teaching now too you're teaching now too in santa clarita yeah yeah it's uh it, it, it takes a while to get good at man it's like you know um you gotta formulate lesson plans and then like look at the way that other people learn differently so you right. kind of have to like exactly you know especially like i'm a smaller club so like i have to you, you got to cater to some people's learning patterns. Even if you don't do it off the demo, you got to go to their station and then give them the little, you know, like, ah, oh, this guy's, he, I, I'm going to have to let him feel it. Cause he's not going to get it unless he feels it kind of thing. And it's a process. Yeah. Yeah. And you do it like you've been coaching for 20. So everything to you is kind of second nature, I imagine. But yeah, I just, I mean, you go on instinct right at that point, like you're a comedy, right? Yeah, exactly. 17 years. Yeah. It's not as uh you don't have to write out the pattern in your head to do it, but I, I like coaching. I think it, it's, like you said, it's rewarding. Like I have a few blue belts now that I've, that have been with me since white belt. And like, you know, it's, it's nice to see these people start learning jujitsu, especially like you teach them a move you do a lot and then you watch them fighting and they're doing your move. You're like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's cool. What places do you teach at? Um, it's in the edge. It's, uh, it's next to Vaughn's. If you're in Santa Clarita, it's like a <laughs> Santa Clarita is like a small town, the sand Canyon Vaughn's, uh, adjacent where all the fires are right now. Man, huh? I got evacuated last weekend. We almost, man, one flared up right across, like less than a mile from my house yesterday. And my wife came running in and then we're like grabbed everything to go again because that was real close. Mm. And then the the fire department just bombed it with like, they were there the like fire retardants. in minute, in a minute. It went up and that, that uh, helicopter dropped it within like a minute. And we're, we're like, damn guys. Cause they were already kind of in the region and like that thing would have been bad. That's where that sand fire started four years ago, which was 200,000 acres. And it started right near that same place. So, you know, if it hits there, it's just going to go crazy. And uh, yeah, they dropped it uh, instantly. I'm like, okay, I can stay home. My dog. Uh, Man, there's I, fires everywhere now. Uh, Simi Valley. The West uh, side, right? I mean, like, when we came from, uh, from Mexico, the four or five, the Gettys. The isn't Gettys, that insane? Yeah. The Getty area one. Whew. <laughs> We Ooh. drove literally right, like right in front of it. Right, I think it was probably the beginning of it. Oh, you you did you ended up missing it. That's good. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they, we could still drive through. I think they closed off the other side of the freeway. Yeah, 
man, see, this is the thing. Like people don't know, like Alberto, he'll, he'll go teach a tack fit course somewhere, fly for 18 hours and then go right, right to class and coach. Like you, you wouldn't miss if there is any way you could make a, a class, you would do it for sure. For sure. Like, for sure I've been for awake sure. for four days, and I'm I just mean, it's like you too, man. You know, you I see you like you're you're traveling like almost every single day. Yeah, hustle, you do this, doing the shows, and you come in, you do your class as well. You're crazy disciplined. I like. You I respect that a lot. Oh, you thanks, know, man. You're sitting down, and yeah, you and not you're not just uh like you're really really good. We have like good oh, thanks, man. Good, uh, good black belts coming through, like world class black belts, and you hold your own. You do well against them. These man, like for I a guy <laughs> that's a hobby, hobby <laughs> jujitsu black belt, it's, it's gotta make you pretty. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you just walk in and you're like, oh Jesus! There's like five guys speaking Portuguese on the end of the mat. You're like, oh. Yeah, but. <laughs> today's. Uh, I just say a prayer, get on the mat, and like, oh, for the best. Yeah, but you put it down. You put it down. Oh, thanks, brother. Yeah, you, uh, you. Uh, crazy with your schedule like you i mean it's, it's, you come in you're here for a couple of days you go again i love it you know this this is the atmosphere that really grounds you too because it's like you if you're uh think you're something you're not on the mats here somebody will show you grounds you huh? <laughs> they'll show you the truth you know you get in your head sometimes you're like oh i'm gonna this is gonna be then somebody just pretzels you up you're like okay <laughs> yeah so it grounds me too grounds me too like i have i can have like a lot of things going on but uh uh, I'll never forget like where I come from. I guess you know the the mats and jujitsu and mm-hmm. yeah, it just keeps me keeps me grounded for sure. Yeah, never the people too, you guys. You know, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Stay, a, staying connected, you know, with yeah. everybody really matters to me. Yeah, yeah it's fun, man. This this well, that's the thing. A club is like the atmosphere has got to be good, right? And it's like this is such a productive atmosphere, and it's like you get guys like you'll get coaches who like. They've learned what they've learned, and that they're just gonna teach that, and that's what it's gonna be. And you've never been like that. You've always like, oh, this there's this new guard that's helping. You know, people are winning with it. Well, we're gonna learn it. Yeah, I try, you know, <laughs> for sure. I don't do that, but you know, we have to do it. You know, we yeah. have to go over it to to be able to stop it, or to mm-hmm. yeah, or maybe a guy in the gym ends up liking it. And yeah, picks it up it, and picks it up. That's it. Remember Don, when Donkey Card was the big thing? We're like, well, <laughs> I don't think we ever did do a Donkey Card thing, though. We were like, if it works, do it. We have Cowboy Mount now, huh? Yeah, Cowboy Mount. <laughs> cowboy Mount. <laughs> you go into the Cowboy Mount? <laughs> man, man. Man. So uh, what's what's next for you, comedy-wise? Uh, this this year is busy. Got a bunch of, you know, fly out somewhere. Comedy's real busy in winter, so I fly out somewhere every weekend. And um, I do, I, I've sold out and I do mostly the, the corporate events now. So I'll play like Christmas parties for the rest of the year. Okay. And I take all their money. All the big oil in- industry loves me. So they always bring me in and, and, and make, them make them laugh. Yeah, make the oil guys laugh. They, lo- they, they pay me so much money to go in there and then they want me to make fun of them. And they'll just like... I'm like, you're, you know, I could just do my regular act. And they're like, no, just make fun of that guy. And I'll just make fun of him. I'm like, all right, it's your money. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, client's always right. Huh. What what place? You go to Canada mainly, right? Um, Yeah, a lot of, probably like 70% Canada and then 30% um, like Midwest. Like for some reason, I'm in Michigan, Wisconsin, North Dakota, hmm. Um, Ohio quite a bit like those states and then mm. I'll go into the south every once in a while I have I have fun down in the south go to Georgia and like north and south Carolina and stuff and yeah, 
can't imagine going. Well, I can't imagine. I've been. You there. do it, yeah. In you the, do the, the same in thing the, in, the, in, the, in the north. You know. Oh yeah, you don't. Time. You don't go up north. You go. I, I go on tour to like the the places that nobody wants to to vacation or go to, and you're like, I'll see your news feed, and you're like in Rome. I'm like, okay, I think I'm doing this wrong. This guy's like, yeah, I'm out this weekend. He's at the he's at the Coliseum. I'm like, okay. But I'm uh, back. I'm back Monday. I'm yeah, back Monday. <laughs> he's back Monday. Yeah, coach of the class. I'm in like North Dakota and freezing my bag off. <laughs> and, uh, it's crazy, huh? How cold it gets in those places. Yeah, it's um, uh, you gotta be hardy. That's for sure. But you know, I find like I love it up there. And the people they'll come out and they wanna they wanna see comedy and they're having a good time. They're mostly up there from work for work or whatever. And uh, you know, they relocated there for what jobs. kind of work. Um, North Dakota is a lot of oil field stuff oil. and, and, you know, subsidiary stuff of that, you know, the, the people who service them through whichever way. And same with, like I tour Western Canada and that's oil country too. So it's a lot of oil people and then, you know, it all trickles down into the other industries, but, um, you know, blue collars, blue collar people, like I grew up blue collar, so I can kind of talk to them or relate to them, you know, and, and, uh, they love my shows. Like what can I do? Right. I'll tell jokes to the people who laugh. So they laugh. I'll come out. You make us laugh. Oh, thanks, man. In person and on Facebook. On Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> like you're telling Robert, hey, what are you doing in Mexico getting uh, parts for your, uh, for your El Camino? Yeah. He went on a, uh, uh, what do you call that when you go to the, to Mexico, uh, a patronate? Or what do those people do when they go on a thing of a quest for El Camino parts? would be called? You don't know. Yeah. Nobody knows. I'm in my own, <laughs> my own language here. <laughs> Man, you've done you've so you you've done uh, Metamorphos. You've been you've done some uh, announcing, right? For uh, yeah, I announced for Metamorphos. That was fun. You know, it was uh, um, you know, I love. Did you do it with uh, Jeff Glover? No, with uh, Chris Howder. Chris I did Howder. Chris Howder. Yeah, he he brought me in for it. It was fun. You know, we we had this whole thing programmed. We thought it was going to be like a two hour or longer broadcast mm. so we were, we were really saying like let's set this pace more slow uh. right and then the first match goes on it's over in like a minute we're like oh okay okay good and then there was three more matches scheduled they were all under like two minutes like people were subbed <laughs> within two minutes it was really good actually like all these and all these guys are like uh you know world level dudes that were on it and it was so fast and we're like okay and then the main event came and it was uh uh, Gordon Ryan versus uh, what's his name Gracie the young Gracie guy there uh, uh, Halleck Gracie Halleck yeah Halleck and okay. um, wow what Gordon Ryan I t- I'll tell you what is just a, a savage yeah did you watch his uh, ADCC matches I, I watched a few highlights of it I haven't seen the the whole man is he yeah ne- next uh, it's always those reiterations right like there's this guy comes and sets the next level and the whole everybody catches up to him kind of over the next five years or so and. But he's a he's ahead of it now. My God, he's he's good. How about his younger brother, eighteen years old? That guy, he was he's built like a he's just like limbs and two and like he's so that's he's gonna take it further than Gordon did too. I think like that guy's the the future. Yeah, it's you crazy. Know? Huh? There's like a the Rutuli brother that uh, I think he got a bronze or he he was up there. I think he made it to the final four for sure. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Just all these kids, and then there's a uh, the guy, the what's his name, uh, the blue belt, um, that got second place. Oh, it was a wrestler. Um, is that wrestler, right? Wrestler. Yeah, but Ooh. he, you know, he's so new. Like all these guys, like <laughs> yeah, he was sweeping the field from guys who were like vets. Where you're like, oh my, this yeah, is. Yeah. But ADCC is set up like that, where wrestlers can really thrive in it. Yeah. It's such a, a f- uh, it's nice to see that you know as compared to 
Like everybody loves the IBJJF, you know, and, but, but it's still like guys are playing a gi to the game and, you know, yeah. they're doing some slower games and it, and it is, it, I love it. I play gi jujitsu. That's what I mostly do. But it's like, then you go see ADCC and they're just like, <laughs> it's cool. Cause you can do everything. You can do hooks, you can do neck cranks, you can, mm-hmm. you can, I think you can do slam. You can, yeah, you can do everything. So I, I, I appreciate the different rule sets, you know, that they mm-hmm. have like the submission only ADCC, jujitsu, gi, no gi. Yeah, I think it's good for, for the sport. For jujitsu, yeah, and, and and you know, like I think the rules they're gonna well, they I don't think they ever would, but they need a IBJJF needs to blend some more rules in there because it's just too. They got to make it a little uh, a little bit more exciting, but also a little bit more true. I think, but what? Mm. Who am I? <laughs> right, right, right. right <laughs> this, that's right. a federation that's been around a long time, and it's it, kno- it knows what's up. Man, so. it's crazy, man. From back when it what back in the day, we used to weigh in at uh, Carl's Gracie Junior's house. <laughs> you were telling garage. me that, yeah, in your garage used to be yeah, the way, and your brackets would be on his uh, on his wall. Yeah, and that was the start house. of it, huh? Yeah. So the worlds and the brasileros and all the stuff, we'd go to his house and weigh in the day before the tournament. And he would look at your bracket there on a piece of paper. Isn't that uh, that was stuck on the wall? I see now, and it's like because because Worlds is huge, but Pan Am's is huge too. And yeah, like if I'm flying around that time, I'll be on a plane, and I will see tons of people flying into LA to do Pans. Yeah, and, and we're like from around the world. It from really is world, Worlds. Yeah. Um, I don't, does the Asia, East Coast have Europe. one? Does the East Coast have a, a, a level of like the Worlds? I mean, I mean, we have like all the. They have what do they have? They have like no. They, I mean, we have all the major tournaments. Yeah, here. we do the Pan the Worlds, the yeah. Worlds, the Pans, um, and the, the Europeans are in in, in Portugal, Lisbon. Mm-hmm. That's a major one, and then of course the Brasileiros in Brazil. But uh, yeah, I think we're kind of like I mean we're kind of like the mecca now of jujitsu oh, yeah. in the world, Southern California. Did you go to? Did you go to Japan to do theirs? Did you do the IBJJF Japan? I or? did. I went a, a few times. And then you did, uh, yeah, you've been to so many of those. Yeah, I did like a world tour. <laughs> you must be years. the most like. I went uh, to Manaus. I went to the Amazon just to, just to oh, do that, it. Oh, is that the one where you got sick? And you had to fight sick? Or was it no, that was, that, was in, uh, that was in Spain. But yeah, that was a whole other story. Yeah, yeah I threw up. I got food poisoning. My dream but, uh, is to go to Manaus. Like, I really want to see Yeah, that. it was really cool. Like, I you know, registered for the gi, the no gi. I did my first match, and it was in the nighttime. It was in the nighttime. And I sweat so much that uh, it was like I basically jumped in the pool, and my gi was like soaked, <laughs> and and uh, so I had I had two matches basically in my division, and so it took like I took I wouldn't stop sweating, and it was already like maybe six seven p.m. at night. Jeez. And so I, I I think I lost so much water. I was drinking water. I was you know trying to drink juice. I was trying <laughs> to rehydrate, but it wouldn't stop. Oh. It was it was something else, you know. It was like crazy hot, crazy humid. And see, most uh, people would just call it quits, but not uh, not my professor Alberto Craig. He's like, he just checks part of the if he challenge, still has a right? pulse. Uh, yeah. Alberto does everything 110. percent He's like, okay, well, we're in this. Yeah, it was cool though. I hadn't competed in Brazil for like at least 10 years, so it was cool. It was a cool experience. You need yeah. to like, I think if this was a different century, you'd be like an explorer, man. Like you'd be Shackleton going down to like the South Pole or something. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he's. <laughs> I love Shackleton. I love his. I love his. Uh, I love this. The. the story you know i love that did you ever try that scotch that they made about his expedition no yeah they had because they you know how he they whenever he died he left there was a case of scotch they left under the one um uh, building and then the, all the, like, the ships yeah all the, these his expo- ship his ship the main ship that got trapped by the ice um they built a shack in the south pole i think and they found it under one of the shacks that they okay. had built and he um 
And the scientists found it. And they're like, oh, this old scotch. We'll just drink it. And then somebody's like, you know, that's probably worth something. And they started selling them. And it was going for like some crazy thousands of dollars a bottle. Huh. So then um, somebody went and they, because now they can analyze everything and recreate the flavor. Nice. So they analyzed it and they've made Shackleton scotch. That's the exact same scotch that I, Shackleton. I don't drink scotch, but I love Shackleton. <laughs> and I love the story. So I have to probably look into try, it. Try it. Actually, it's a really Get good. Get it. Yeah. It's a really good scotch, actually. For, for, you You've know, tried it. Yeah. It's like a $30 bottle. It's pretty good. Okay. Nobody cool. drinks scotch. It's when you're in a room of non-scotch drinkers, you start, they're just like, okay. Well, you you don't really drink. I don't, I don't, I don't drink, yeah. Acai like bowls. <laughs> or acai smoothies. <laughs> Alexander Shackleton's acai. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I like to have a drink, relax on the weekends. I used to never drink even anything, uh-huh. like a beer or anything, but no. Well, you were a pro athlete for, well, I guess you, you still are, but not year-round, are you? <laughs> I'm a teacher, right? But I didn't just enjoy for life. For 10 years, were you a pro athlete? Uh, MMA, yeah, I fought, you know, for like 10 years, but yeah, you can... To relax the nervous system, <laughs> right? It's good for you. It's good for you. Yeah, it's good for you. Beer, wine, like you know, like if it's mm-hmm. medicinal and everything, everything in moderation. Else, that's it. That's it. It's good for you. So I've I've learned to. What do you enjoy. drink? Beer. I like a beer. Yeah, on the weekends, I like to have a beer. Just a little craft brew going. Like, uh, like do we get lager. an endorsement of? Uh, <laughs> does are you going to endorse a beer here? A local. <laughs> I'm, uh, not, I'm not a. My my stepfather's a, he's from Munich, from Germany. Uh-huh. So he's he's my uh, he's my uh, my teacher. Uh-huh. What to drink? So he tells me all this stuff to all the experience <laughs> So I always listen. I take notes. Even is he? Uh, he's from Germany. He he's from Germany. Yeah. He's Does German. he just from yell on the phone like Bavarian? Get the beer. He tells me crazy stories when he was in uh, Germany growing up. You know, he's, they as a kid they they give you beer, right? Yeah. There's no age limit. There's, it's not. Well, just it was like right? it was part. It was like it was like food. Oh beer yeah, it was food. Beer was, uh, you know, part of part of like uh, your nutrition. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, in Europe, a lot of places, it's not like nobody. As long as you're not getting drunk, you can have a, a beer when you're a kid, right? Like not maybe uh, not a kid, but like in your teens, like you're 14 or 15. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I was probably. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's like, like in even like Italy and France, like kids grow up with like wine and stuff. I'm sure. I think everything in moderation, right? A little bit. We were. Where I'm from in Canada, it's 18 is the drinking age, which like blows the because um, you got you Americans, it's like 21 before they can trust you to drink alcohol. That's how Americans die, are, can, right? You can die, you can go to war, but yeah, <laughs> no, no beer for you. <laughs> I don't even trust Americans at 21. Do you? <laughs> are you from Are you from Rio? Oh, sorry, I'm talking to <laughs> Uncle Rico. <laughs> I'm from Salvador. Oh, you are? Yeah. Why do I think you're a Brazilian, man? I am Brazilian. Salvador is a city. That's oh, I thought you just, I thought you said you're from El Salvador no, and I was just being that, ra- <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was being that racist guy who like everybody's like. No, so not El Salvador, Salvador. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's that's where Brazil, called, yeah, that's where Brazil started. Oh, okay. Yeah, the first capital of Brazil is Salvador. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are holding on to that title, huh? Well, <laughs> yeah, and drinking age is 18 in Brazil, but. Oh, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody eh? cares. Eh? There's probably bigger problems than teenage oh, drinking. Yeah. And we started drinking when we were like 14 or something like that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. You probably had your a family by then, though, didn't you? <laughs> How many kids you have it for? No, none. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Canada for a year. Oh, did you? That's yeah. why I speak yeah, uh, P.I. is good. Oh, you lived in P- P.I. is the <laughs> province that's a small town. I think there's like, what city? Uh, Summerside. Is, it, is that right outside of Charlottetown or Charlottetown? Uh, it's on the other way, other side of the island. Oh, okay. Yeah, Charlottetown was the biggest one, and Summerside is the second what biggest state? one. What state was that in? It's PEI, the province. Prince Edward Prince Island. Edward island. Yeah. Oh, that is that like by north of Maine? Have you ever heard of yeah. Anne of Green Gables? 
No. Oh, it's probably. <laughs> it's I'm just totally like, lost. Oh. I'm like, what are, you, what are you guys talking about? It's like P I, huh? P I, Prince Edward Island. Oh, okay. It's a. Oh, okay. It's a. Uh, I think like I five people the live there. <laughs> a lot of potatoes. A lot of potatoes. Yeah, Cavendish. Does it get cold in the, in the winter? Yeah, minus thirty Celsius. I had like thirty days of snow, so no school <laughs> for thirty days. It's on. It's on the ocean. Like it's right. It's okay. a beautiful. It's actually a really beautiful place. I didn't, I, get, I didn't get the beautiful part because <laughs> yeah, the beautiful part is like during summer, and I wasn't there during summer. You you Brazilians do not like snow. You got no time for it. Like I like it. But do you? Maybe yeah. in a picture. <laughs> I like snow. I like snow, but I like the beach better. You guys are you guys are so like you lived in such a warm climate, beach climate that I don't think Brazilians care too much for uh, for the for the cold. Huh? Not the whole country though. Like uh, in the south, like it's really cold in the south. Oh, is it? I yeah, didn't. it, it kind of snows in uh, in small small towns. It snows. <laughs> saying they don't like the cold, <laughs> so Professor X came in. Yeah. Would you go into the snow, Professor? You don't like the snow, do you? Oh, you do. Where do, yeah, where do I get these stereotypes from? I'm just <laughs> and like the the beach part is like just like a not small, but it's not very known. Like besides Rio, and like there are like a small like uh, cities that are like known for their beaches like worldwide. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, just Rio is like in Salvador was like I voted as like one of the best beaches like in the world. The oh okay. From, yeah, the beach from my city. Yeah. So we just yeah we always get that news feed and so we just Rio like the beach in the 1970s. You know what I mean? Like that's whatever everybody. Would yeah, Rio is like a the, uh, is like the version of LA. You know, yeah. it's like LA version in Brazil because you have like a, the, a lot of money, but you also uh -huh. have the beach life. You know, just like LA, you have like downtown. You have a uh, the here at the valley, and then you have a like Santa Monica. Same thing in in Rio. Right on. I really want to go down there. I've never, I've never been to Salvador. I've been to, uh, yeah, I've been everywhere else. I think, and I've been to the Amazon. Been to, yeah, but so you'll, you'll be taking me. Are we gonna do a school trip? Yeah. School trip. You, school trip. You've done that gotta, a few times, right? In the past, we gotta go. We gotta go. That'd be Professor, great, Professor James. Yeah, and we're we like rich down time. there at the exchange, we'll right? Take right? Professor, <laughs> Professor Tarka down. Yeah, you don't need us. You we gotta, we gotta do it. Let's man. do it up. Yeah, we gotta do it. Take this guy as your tour guy. Oh, and our attorney. He's a he's a legal attorney. There we get out of <laughs> Professor X to keep us out of trouble. Professor James, how can people find you? Uh, JamesUloth.com. All the links on there. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, if I'm ever on it. Did anybody else just <laughs> neglect their Twitter? Yeah, I just link my Instagram to Twitter. Oh, I don't, like I don't look at it. I retweet something from like like a month later, and like that's not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's like a stepchild, but that you divorce the mom, and you just every once in a while come back and like give a Christmas card to it. Like, hey, I know we lived together for like five years, and we were cool, but. That's the craziest analogy I've yeah. ever heard about <laughs> Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are the we are the divorced stepchild. <laughs> I don't have a Twitter, so. Oh, you don't? No. What do you? The only have? reason I have Twitter is because you know you have a you have a link that you can connect your Instagram to. I mean, otherwise I wouldn't. I don't think I would even look at it. I for me it doesn't make any sense. Like just to write whatever I'm feeling or. People want to know Uncle Rico. Uh, I don't want people <laughs> to know. <laughs> Uncle Hiko, right? Hiko. 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 Not yeah. Uncle Rico. Uncle <laughs> we gotta do a Brazil trip. Brazil. Yeah, Salvador. Salvador is a place. Oh, it's to gotta visit. be on it now. You've upped it so much, like we can't not go. I tell this guy every day. <laughs> he like, said we could stay in his house. Yeah, I have a nice summer house. Oh, you do. On the beach. You got a summer house. Yeah, look at that, man. Yeah, it's Damn. nice. It's nice. Uncle Hico, man. Hico. <laughs> <laughs> 
Brother, thank Thanks you. Thanks you so much, man. This Thanks was for fun. hanging out. That was a cool time. Yeah.